I asked our guest Mike Wright to pound the table for someone. Mike, who you pounded the table for? Ooh, who am I like pounding? I'm, I'm going to pretend like you didn't ask me the question before, uh, <laughs> before everything started. No, uh, the player who I've just been uh, getting hot and bothered by over the entire process. Like, I mean, it was it was an immediate connection, so I'm not like you know breaking any news here. But I am all in on Cortland Sutton finishing easily as a top twelve wide receiver. Uh, now, now that you have an actual good quarterback throwing him the ball with Russell Wilson and, and the massive trade, it, like Sutton on the field to me has proven it. I know it feels like forever ago because that's how football works. But his sophomore year, eleven hundred yards. I don't remember like six or so touchdowns, something like that. Can't remember off the top of my head. But that was with like Joe Flacco. Like the guy has Cortland Sutton has had just terrible quarterback play his entire career and yet he's been okay and then you got to follow the story of okay well he had the breakout tears his acl so that that's a wasted year where fantasy football players like <laughs> trying to remember these guys after they break out and then they tear an acl you like we just we delete it and all of a sudden you're like well was he really that good you know, and you're like yeah it was it was a sensational breakout campaign and then he's not great coming back off of the ACL, which remember he came off of an ACL. Like we, we have to give these player grace, like players grace of sometimes they come through like Cooper. When he came back, he had a monster season right off of his ACL tear, but like Allen Robinson tore his at the beginning of the year for the Jacksonville Jaguars goes to the bears. It's not very good next year. Who's dominating for multiple years for the bears, Allen Robinson, because he's a good player. I think Cortland Sutton is that he's going to command targets. You get the the bump from the unfortunate circumstance of Tim Patrick and the ACL tear, but he just looking at Russell Wilson, like since uh, 2015, he always, always has a top 15 wide receiver. And that's at least one, like he, multiple times, more than one top 15 wide receiver because Russ is just gets it done. The team wanted him. He's going to be unleashed. We had the fantasy community has begged to hashtag let Russ cook and and Pete Carroll says no because I am the chef of that and okay Pete Carroll you're gonna get what you want right like he thinks that he's the mastermind and of everything and not realizing it's run run oh crap Russell Wilson bail us out run run oh hey Russ can you help us out again so good luck with Drew Locke doing that uh, anyways, I, I get off topic of, but Cortland Sutton with Russell Wilson, I think is, is just locked and loaded to be a stud 1200 plus yards is in the range of outcomes. And if that, if the, if the touchdowns hit like they can for a gigantic red zone weapon that Cortland Sutton is, you're looking at the possibility of 10 plus touchdowns as well. Excellent. Excellent. I love it. Yeah. Buy that uh dip. Buy that injury dip. Take advantage of Russell Wilson, the quarterback upgrade, and go get you some Cortland Sutton. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the most accurate podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me is my excellent co-host, Jen Akins. Jen, how you doing today? I'm well. I'm I'm excited to be here. I, and apparently, it's uh, even though we're not doing the AFC West today, it's Bronco Day. Apparently, because uh, <laughs> I, I well, I did I did well, I live here in in Denver, but I did some local Denver radio today, talking a little Court and Sutton, 
There was a huge training camp blow up play today from Cortland Sutton that kind of made its way around a little training camp hype. And then we got, you know, Mike coming in with some, with some Cortland Sutton. So I'm ready. We'll just dub today Cortland Sutton Day. It, I, I think that <laughs> August that 8th has become well. Cortland yeah. Sutton Day. Brandon, what's up with you? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited that it's Cortland Sutton Day. I, I didn't get you anything, Jen. I feel bad. But yeah, uh, well, outside of that. <laughs> uh, this on week, your tab, dude. I do owe a lot. Thank you. You got me this hat. I appreciate it. So I do owe you at this point. <laughs> uh, this week, we're psyched to be joined by Mike Wright from the fantasyfootballers.com. Uh, you can listen to him on the flagship Fantasy Footballers podcast, the Spitballers podcast. Canon should also follow him on Twitter at FF Hitman. Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fantastic. Working a little overtime here. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm happy for y'all that with with a title like the most accurate podcast, it, it's finally true. You finally <laughs> did it. You brought you brought me on the pod. So now you now you can say the most accurate podcast. The, the, bolstered you on was by all Mike. About credibility. Yeah, it was all about credibility. It was all about we're, we've lost this credibility. We need Mike Wright to come out and do this. And that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to I pick up the pieces you. and put the puzzle back together. We appreciate you. We're gonna we're gonna talk NFC West, uh, not the AFC West. Uh, although I can't guarantee on Cortland Sutton Day we won't bring up Cortland Sutton again. But uh, the NFC West, we're gonna talk to our division preview today with Mike. But before we get into that, uh, Mike, I loved your mock draft episode you did last week. It was really fun, and I saw that you took Justin Jefferson with the fourth pick. Uh, first wide receiver off the board. Just wondering, uh, it seems like there's that trio of receivers going in the first round. Why do you like Justin Jefferson over Cooper Cup and over Jamar Chase? I mean, it's just youth of of Justin Jefferson. I don't think that we've seen the best of him. And what we've seen of him already is a, a Hall of Fame trajectory. Like, I mean, you, you got to be careful throwing that around for a player who's been in the league for two years. But like the dude is an absolute monster, gets it done, and you know comparing him to like Jamar Chase, like Chase is also tremendous. So, so this is not a I'm taking away from Jamar Chase. It's just I prefer Justin Jefferson. Between the two guys, who's more likely to get a hundred plus receptions? And to me, that is easily Justin Jefferson. Just the way that they are used, the way that that Kirk Cousins looks for him. You have the uh, the up tempo you know, a more pass-friendly offense that is rumored to be coming in here for the Minnesota Vikings, which I buy it because you had, like, Zimmer is about as old-school and high-T as you can get when it comes to running an offense, and now they're going to unleash Justin Jefferson. And for all of the crap that Kirk Cousins gets, which it's fun. Like, let's all – we can all be honest. (laughs) Kirk Cousins is one of those guys where it's just – it's an easy target. It's fun to make some jokes about – Kirk Cousins and the it, all of his catastrophe meltdowns in prime time that you like that like it's just it's a good time but at, at the same time he's actually good like like he is actually a good quarterback he is an above average starter I'm not saying he is elite but look at his downfield metrics like look at his, his numbers in Washington when it was like okay Kirk Cousins go and throw the ball and you have Deshaun Jackson like the dude is pushing 5,000 yards. Like he, he had monster seasons when the offense was allowed to be unleashed through his passing arm and with him and Thielen. Anyway, so but Justin Jefferson, just the 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 target share, 
the the amount of uh, of of targets he will actually get not just target share but he's so more likely to hit that 100 plus reception get that half point or that full point ppr bonus where jamar chase will dominate he'll have the yardage but he'll probably be in like the 80s you know like maybe maybe the low 90s but for jefferson i th- i think that it, if he leads the league in tar in uh, receptions and yardage this year it would it would not surprise me and so then it comes down to okay well what do you believe in cooper cup well cooper cup is again this is not taking it away from anything from cooper cup it's just i'm gonna bet on the third year of of a, of a young and emerging player and you know i'm sure there's some of that is like what cooper cup did it was historical last year you have and, and how often do you have a career year not every year it's, it's <laughs> called a career year and and i know that's like that's like a, a silly silly reason to like not bet on someone but it's just like players don't repeat man it it's just part of the ebbs and the flows of football uh so i just i i like jefferson just a fraction more uh for for a couple of small reasons it's really hard when you're when you're nitpicking between those two guys between cup and jefferson for me but i'll just i'll take the youth and the upside I like, you know, Jefferson, number two in our rankings. He has leapfrogged Cooper Cup on underdog right now uh, as far as ADP. You're I welcome, think it's, America. That's right. It's all Mike. It's it's the, the mock draft episode from last week. Has, I'm glad uh, we can admit that here. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Jefferson going, I think he's a 3.6 ADP and Cooper is 3.8 right now. So it's super tight. Leapfrogged him there. It'll cost you the third or fourth pick in drafts. I haven't seen him drop lower than the fifth. Uh, personally, Jen, I know you're like me. You're drafting a ton of underdog teams right now. Uh, in fact, we're in a puppy three draft together, which is a lot of fun. I'm trying not to snipe you. So hopefully that's working well. Uh, Jefferson was gone before we got a chance to pick in that one. But when you're picking top four, are you looking at wide receiver? And if so, is Jefferson the guy? Well, yes and no. Jefferson is the guy. If I'm looking at receiver, um, I like to mix it up. You know, like you said, I am drafting a lot of different a lot on, on underdog. And and one thing that's great about underdog, you can actually look at uh, your exposure, your portfolio as you go along, especially if you're in slow drafts. You can kind of contemplate like, OK, I've got enough of this guy. I've got enough of this guy. So I feel like in the top four, I certainly have my share of Jonathan Taylor. I certainly have my share of Christian McCaffrey. But uh, like our friend Mike here, I go with Jefferson as the uh, as the wide receiver in that spot if I can get him. Um, I've seen him go, you know, second. I've seen him go. I think I've even seen him go first, actually. So sometimes you can't even get him. But uh, yeah, I mean, for many of the same reasons that Mike mentioned, the youth, and you know, I, I kind of end up going that route. I, I feel like. Um, I don't know. We'll get into it later when we get into the Rams. Uh, you know, with, with Stafford, this this bad tendonitis, um, it's starting to you know starting to make me a little nervous there. So I think that's another thing that kind of gives Jefferson the edge. Yeah, staring down the gun barrel of John Wolford. That's a that's a rough <laughs> rough thing to bank on. Uh, also, you know, it's a cheap stack if you're stacking in an underdog, which is a great strategy when you're doing those best ball lineups. Uh, Kirk Cousins costs you a song. And uh, as Mike said, he's not a bad quarterback, despite what uh, people try to tell you a lot. Uh, Mike, when you do those those best ball or or really uh, any format, but especially the best ball formats, uh, when you go Jefferson first, are you committing then to uh, kind of a quote unquote zero running back strategy or are you able to kind of balance out in the second, third rounds? So I'm, I'm not opposed to it. Um, I've done some, you know, mocks and some and some underdog where I do that, where you don't just 
just smash wide receiver for the first four or five rounds or whatever. Uh, but I don't lock that in because, like, in the second, uh, when you go Cup or Jefferson, like, I've had drafts where Javante Williams comes back to me, and it's, okay, well, this this is exciting. You know, we're, and we're, we're back to the AFC West, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it is Portland it's, Sutton Day, so, you know. <laughs> I have taken over the <laughs> NFC West podcast. I don't want to talk about them. But, like, Javante's super exciting. Benjamin Albright kind of pouring some cold water all over all of us talking about the split being 55 45 but just a reminder to people it's pretty rare for uh, any running backs in the league to see that like 65 percent of the snaps like Mm -hmm. good running backs they get it done with the 55 percent of the opportunity and i think that javante is one of those guys with with russ who could uh and then you've over the course of the offseason you know you'd be getting like alvin kamara's in the third round like I get it. We're afraid of a possible suspension. I am playing uh, that. I think that the that's all going to get pushed. Well, like the suspension, I I think comes next year, if at all. I mean that that's we just we don't know what the NFL is going to do with that situation. So, and, and like and I'm I'm in on Zeke still. Like I am not. It's I, Tony Pollard people. Just hold, just take it easy. Take it easy. I'm not saying Tony <laughs> Pollard's a bad player, but I think that Zeke over the beginning of the year was fantastic. And then uh, what was I? Was it the LCL or PCL? One of one of the ligaments. I don't know. Hashtag not a doctor. But one of, he hurt his knee and he played through an injury for the rest of the year, and his numbers went down. I mean, shocker when you have a bum ligament in one of your legs, but through the first few games before that happened. He was on track to dominate yet again. And it's just Jerry Jones in particular, like he he breaks a lot of things for football because like you know, it just like if this were a different team, honestly, if this were not the Cowboys, and it's just some other team, and it's Zeke drops into the dead zone, and we have this backup court or running back who we've all been so excited about is just electric. Every we 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 cite the stats of every time Tony Pollard touches the ball, he averages thirty five yards or or just whatever. Like we have the stats to back up that Tony Pollard is good. Okay, maybe then I'm more interested in the backup running back. But Jerry Jones runs the Cowboys, and that dude loves Ezekiel Elliott. They got rid of Amari Cooper over Ezekiel Elliott. Like one of those dudes had to go because the contracts were so bad. They chose Amari Cooper and they shipped him off for like a couple uh, Pokemon cards to the Cleveland Browns <laughs> here, and not even like rares, just like just comments that you can pull out of any pack. So I'm still into Zeke and he's dropping. So that I mean that's a long-winded way of saying like there's these other running backs who are dropping into the second, third, and fourth round who I'm still very interested in. However, you know when when the white when the right wide receivers drop to me like Michael Pittman, oh I'm like I'm super into Mike Williams. These guys who just can give me huge weeks. Then I'll build a zero running back team. I, it doesn't bother me at all to go that direction. Uh, I like it, and you know Javante. I share your uh, optimism about Javante. You know you could do that Denver stack. You can go Jefferson, then Javante, and then oh, yeah. take Cortland Sutton. Denver on super Sutton stack, Day. yeah, baby. Absolutely. There we go. Third round. There you go. Get you some rust later on. I like it. Uh, you talk about those big play receivers, uh, Mike Williams, Michael Pittman. I agree. Those big numbers. Uh, I love those guys. Jefferson, Chase, whichever one you want to choose, whichever one you like. Uh, you get those spike weeks in tournament format. I was able to kind of stay in the money on uh, with the best ball mania 
last year uh, going after those spike weeks with uh, receivers. So I've been doing that with a healthy percentage of my best ball mania stuff, that tournament where there's, uh, you know, millions of dollars being given out in prizes, which is really awesome. Um, Jefferson being drafted in the wide receiver one on underdog right now. Having a blast drafting best ball fantasy lineups. If you haven't already, head to 444.com slash underdog. Find out how you can get a free 444 Pro or DFS subscription and a deposit bonus match with a new underdog account. So let's go to our main topic today, uh, NFC West Division Fantasy Preview. I-, I like to let Jen start because Jen likes to pick a good team to start with, and I never know where to go. So Jen, where should we start in our NFC West? Well, um, let's start with the Rams because we kind of we started to kind of talk about him and then I backed off a little bit. Um, we talked a little bit about Cooper Cup. You know, he was the wide receiver one, both overall fantasy points and half uh, fantasy points per game last year. We kind of touched on the fact that I don't think that's going to happen again. Career year. Eh. Um, so let's kind of let's let's move on from him and go to A-Rob because I feel like he's kind of a a polarizing guy this season. I feel like a lot of people were off of him. All of a sudden people are now on him again, which I don't really understand because nothing really happened other than his quarterback having tendonitis. Um, so A-Rob, you know, look, <laughs> well, I mean, all of a sudden that comes out and all of a sudden everyone's on A-Rob again. Like it, it, you'd think it would go the other direction, but somehow it hasn't. Listen, I, I, I think people I, forgot he existed and then I mean, they were like, I, Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, I've always been an Allen Robinson gal. Um, you know, he, this is the thing. He was QB proof for a long time. Right. He had three, like 3,000 yard seasons with Blake Bortles, Trubisky, like the combination of Trubisky and Foles. He was fantastically quarterback proof. Last year was a mess, but it was a mess the whole Bears. It really, we can't blame him for that. I don't think anybody does. I think the recency bias might still be there a little bit, but I think people should realize that he, he really had nothing to do with what happened. It was just the offense as a whole was a complete disaster. So now he's in he's in he's in LA, right? Where we're he's seemingly sliding into where Robert Woods was. How do we feel about him? Mike, are you in on A Rob at his ADP? Are you not? So I've been rising. Uh first I need to because this is what I do when I come on podcasts. I just I, I want to have a good time. I love the professionals. Brandon, incredible segue over throwing it to Jen. Like what team are we gonna start with? Oh, we just have graphics ready. <laughs> for the team that Jen wants to talk about. So, I, fantastic. Um, and uh, the thing that has happened with Allen Robinson is we always have to be careful with the training camp videos because they they mess with our brains. And, like, people listening at home, I'm not I'm not saying, I'm not being high and mighty and saying, it's you, you are weak, the, the listener. <laughs> like, no, us. We're like, our weak. job... Our job is to break down fantasy football, and we see Robinson start dominating in camp. We go, oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember that guy, and like, <laughs> and it's just, it was, it was a full. We had to go through all the stages of grief with Allen Robinson. I had him last year in my league of record, like, and this is a league where you could you can trade picks. So I was coming off a championship. To get that championship, I had to unload some of my futures. I still had my first round pick. Uh, but not a lot after that. Allen Robinson magically fell to me at the 112 in the Keeper League, and I was like, holy crap, here we go, Allen Robinson. And then it just, like, it tanked my season. Like, it tanked my season because I just kept believing, no, 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 Allen Robinson, he's going to show up. He's going to show up. And he just never did. Meanwhile, the Bears were a mess. Jen is right. The Bears were a disaster. 
Darnell Mooney still put up over a thousand yards. I mean, yeah. So it was really frustrating that, and you got to go through, you know, whatever all this anger, you know, acceptance, whatever <laughs> all the stages of grief. We we had to just go through all of that, and we we've had to speed up that process because of the training camp reports, and then it's just realizing the real situation that he is in. I mean, Van Jefferson's uh, sudden departure of. Of have did he have? I think he had to get surgery. I, I don't recall exactly what happened, but Van Jefferson, they're hoping he's back for week one. I have a so, lot yeah. of Van Jefferson already stashed yeah. in my. I'm very unhappy about that. Mm. Yes, and I love Van <laughs> as well. And he was kind of my like last remaining shield of defending me from the Allen Robinson hype. And they're like, well, he may not be ready week one. It's okay. Well, Allen Robinson is walking into a situation with the best quarterback of his of his career, which. We've said that statement now four straight years in a row, but it's <laughs> actually true this year because it's Super Bowl winning Matthew Stafford. And he's walked in. Robert Woods is gone. And Robert Woods, up until the ACL injury, was was like a top 20 guy. It, took, it was a slow start, but Woods got it going again. And that target share is what Allen Robinson is walking into. Like, I mean, on, like, let's be honest. What's he, what is Robinson again? Minimum 22, 23% of those targets. And like from Stafford and the Rams, those are numbers that we really need to be interested in. We have to get over what Allen Robinson did to us last year. If we were all playing for that Matt Nagy led Chicago Bears, we would probably phone in some routes here and there too because Matt Nagy sucks. That dude is the worst. <laughs> and he destroyed. Allen Robinson and it, it whatever Nagy sucks but anyway so Allen Robinson is just walking into such a prime situation of a quarterback within the range of outcomes is 35 plus touchdowns easily over 4,000 passing yards and 20 plus percent of those targets and it's just so thank you for changing the hashtag Nagy sucks <laughs> yes it's a, the situation is so good and then on top of that like you get the, all the the external peripherals of Sean McVay, where it, like this is all coming out now of like McVay desired Allen Robinson, and they went like hard in the paint after Allen Robinson of like, I don't think we can afford this guy, and McVay's like, I don't care, man, we're gonna figure this out, and he, he's getting on the phone with Robinson, like selling him his role in the offense, and that was Robinson was con strongly considering other offers. Like imagine this, a wide receiver. Is considering anyone else, but and and the Super Bowl winners are calling you up saying, "Hey, we need you to be our wide receiver too." And Robinson's like, "Eh, you're gonna have to talk me into this." <laughs> and the way they talked him into it was saying, "You're going to be a huge part of this offense. You're gonna put up numbers. You have a chance to win again." So, for all of those reasons, I am back in on Allen Robinson. The ADP hype train is picking up steam as we all keep talking about it. So. We might get into a, a dangerous level where just playing fantasy football in the ADP, I'm out. But for now, where he is, I am I am very, and especially in home leagues, like home leagues, the the recency bias will be real. It, like it, yeah. that can, that gets lost on us, I think, a little bit as when we talk about fantasy football on these on these podcasts and everything is we're so in the trenches of underdog, and we're mm -hmm. all we're we're doing drafts in 
freaking May and earlier oh, yeah. and we're <laughs> because we're degenerates. <laughs> and when you're doing that, you are drafting with people who are sharp and 100% plugged in. Meanwhile, the, our biggest audience is people in home leagues and people in office leagues. So in those leagues, Allen Robinson is going to be a huge value. No, I totally agree. I just did a, I just did a best ball. It wasn't on underdog, but I did a best ball on another, on another platform with, the don't tell us in, where no. I'm not. No, no, no. Nameless. But with, with, with the people <laughs> in my home league. Um, and it okay. was incredible. I mean, I was just sitting there in awe of the picks <laughs> and what was happening. And you know, you, we get in this bubble and you forget. And then here mm -hmm. I am drafting with these people. And I was like, Oh my God. I mean, it was amazing. First of all, the value was amazing. What I mean, Russell Wilson was like a second rounder. I mean, it, it was fantastic. I was just like, what is happening here? And I was just scooping it all up. Every guy, I was like, oh, I'll take him. I'll take him. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's crazy. And I think um, you're right, true, about A-Rob. I think he will fall in those drafts because I think people will be like, oh, no, he sucks last year. I'm out. Brandon, I don't, I don't know about you. A-Rob, so fourth-round ADP on, on Underdog right now, he's the guy who I see the most variation in all the drafts. Like, everywhere I'm at and I draft him, I feel like I never know when he's coming off the board. I, I've seen him go in the late second, and I've gotten him in the sixth. I feel like... I feel like nobody knows where to draft him. And so I, I I think you're right, Mike. I think when home leagues come around and I'm looking forward to those, he's going to be someone I'm targeting because I think I'm going to get him two rounds later than I think he should go. For sure. Mm -hmm. um, let's move on to the uh, the ground game there. Brandon, let's let's start with you. Um, Akers, Henderson, other. Are you are you back in on Akers with that knee? Uh, he's Kyron, let's talk about Kyron. Well, that, that was I'm the sorry. Other. I'm sorry. That Continue. Was the other. Well, that was the other, you know. Yeah. Um, listen, last year, you know, Acres, it just depends. I mean, last year, Sony Michelle was kind of the crazy dark horse that, that came in at the end and uh, got people, one probably won people some leagues. Um, he did. Akers, I don't know. I, I Unfortunately, I was having laggy issues and I closed my underdog ADP tab. So, and I didn't write it down. So I don't know where Acres is right now. Uh, is he what? Third, fourth? I'm not really sure, but. Um, are you buying him, Brandon, where he is, or are you waiting for the Henderson Williams <laughs> later yeah. on? So, Brandon, you were killing me with your hashtags, bro. We, we keep waiting for <laughs> Daryl Henderson to happen, right? And I know he's flirted. You know what he I mean? He happened He'll, last year. He happened Come last on. year, Brandon. He, he did. Good games. No, no, it's he, some good games. But oh, not, my goodness. But, for, his, but. for his price tag, he happened last year. For his price tag, yeah. I'm just saying, we keep like we have like large expectations for Daryl Henderson. And it doesn't seem like when they have a healthy running back room, they have any desire to give him like a legitimate workload. Cam Akers came back on like half a leg and they gave him a full workload. So I think I think this is Cam Akers' backfield. And I think that and, – and I know I'm a little out on a limb with that. I know most people think it's going to be a little bit more of a timeshare. Sean McVay has done timeshare stuff in the past. But I think he likes Cam Akers. And I think that now that he'll be much further removed from that injury, I think he's going to be more effective. Uh, I'm just really not too concerned about Akers as far as a workload perspective. Now, will he get hurt again? Does he have the explosiveness? Those are all worth being considered. And, and you know – I. I I don't think that Akers in the late fourth, early fifth round is that bad of a deal. I think you're starting to get into that running back dead zone. I, I think he's going to be very solid as long as he stays healthy, right? Obviously, Henderson is a better deal, but I just, I'm just tired of expecting Henderson to become somebody really solid. Like if I'm banking on a backup running back, which is what I'm calling Daryl Henderson, if I'm banking on that, I'd rather take Deontay Foreman late and just assume, or Khalil Herbert, and just assume those guys are going to take over and be just as effective 
if they get a full workload because the starter got hurt. It's not like Henderson's been around for like 12 years. I mean, how at least you act years. like we've been like <laughs> yeah. waiting for like, like 20 huh? years, right? I mean, he's like 20 years. He's every okay. year we talk about Daryl Henderson. <laughs> okay, sure. Mike, do you have an opinion? Obviously, you you are, are whispering for Williams. Are you? Is he your last? I just round? I just love, I, I like to be the uh, the wild card and put the uh, put the penny down on the railroad tracks and try and derail the conversation. Uh, <laughs> but <clears throat> Daryl, I just want to I just want to for me and Jen here, through week 12, before he got hurt, Daryl Henderson was the running back 12. Like, he was a running back one. RB1, for the, baby. For nah. the majority of the season. That that <laughs> is that that happened. He he had a happening and not a M. Night Shyamalan happening. He, like, he had a good one. <laughs> so that's just where we'll start. But I... Uh, having said the pumped up the tires here for Daryl Henderson with McVay's talking about the, the, I have two starting running backs. He's just never done that. Like historically, it's always been one guy, which to the credit of McVay for most of his years, he had Todd Gurley as the running back. And yes, if you have a talent of Todd Gurley's level, even as he's, dealing with knee problems and kind of fading away, he's your guy. I totally get that. But, I mean, last year when when it was supposed to be Akers, and then you have the really unfortunate Achilles tear, it's Henderson. And Henderson is the dude through 12 weeks. And then it's Sony Michelle is the dude for multiple weeks. And I mean, Jen is 100% correct. Like, in 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 my Dynasty League, I, I share a, a team with my co-host, Jason. We... We lost Derrick Henry, and Sony Michelle was the the hero that we did not deserve. And it went from our bench of this useless player of all of a sudden, holy crap, Sony Michelle is just taking all the work here for the Rams. So while he's saying that, is it's still very difficult for me to buy in that he's going to do anything different one once like. Whistles are are being blown and and dudes are getting smashed in the face. I feel like he'll revert to being Sean McVay, which is I have my one running back system. Having said that, you you at least have to pay attention to what McVay is saying and where where Henderson is a forgotten man in drafts. And if he is going to be a 40 percent snap player with uh, as with the upside of should Acres not be ready to go, which he was not ready to go clearly when he came back for the playoffs. Like he represents a value in the draft. So you at least have to pay attention. Having said all of that, let's all remember like, yes, I know that Kyron Williams is, is our favorite uh, draft player or draft Twitter likes to just, you know, throw, throw the poop at him because he kind of deserves it for being so slow. I mean, that, that was that was terrible, <laughs> Kyron. Like, I, we all we all had we all trusted you, Kyron, and you let us all down. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> just go back like before Williams get injured or got injured. There was those whispers building that Kyron Williams is going to replace or supplant Daryl Henderson as the backup running back. So th- this whole running back is committee is just so in flux right now. Things will shake out through the coming weeks. But the way it goes right now, with the information I have right now, I will take Akers at his ADP because I think he'll get just I think he'll get all the work. But 
if you want the arbitrage, just like just in case McVay's not being a big fat liar, then Henderson's draft value is perfectly fine. All right. That works for me. Um, before we move on to the next team, we have to talk about the non-friend of the show, Tyler Higby. <laughs> we, are, we, we, are, we are not Tyler Higby oh. fans um, in this room, but we do need to talk about him real quick. He's super cheap. I happened to, I was doing research for another article. I noticed he was number one in snaps last year in tight ends. He was on the field for 92% of the snaps. He led all tight ends. He's always out there. He's super cheap. I mean, I guess, you know, this, I know I know how you feel, Brandon, about Higby. So I'll just, <laughs> I'll ask Mike, are you in on Higby? Are you, do you skip that whole tier? Like, I don't know what your, what your tight end philosophy is, but. That's, that's going to be a no for me, dog. Okay, cool. Well, let's hey, let's move awesome. On Let's move on to the next team since we're kind of uh It would be shocking at this point, right? Like how you had the entire year to like there was the opportunity was massive for Higby last year and it just it, yeah. it didn't happen. It's tough to hit that draft button for him. It is. Yeah. Uh, I want I want to talk Arizona. Uh, let's shift to Arizona. I I have oh, my Lord. own opinions about Kyler Murray, right? Kyler oh. Murray. It's it's been a weird off season for Kyler Murray. Let's just say that uh, going into going into his career, there were concerns. There were three major concerns about Kyler Murray, right? The first was his size and can he hold up? And he's now coming off a, an injury plague season. He played, but he did mm-hmm. not look a hundred percent over the second half of the season. Number two was does he love football, right? And right. we now have information about a contract where there was basically a homework clause and, and we can make a big deal about that or not, but it is concerning at least that Arizona decided that that was necessary. And number three, his favorite movie is Gatsby, which is, there's nothing wrong with Gatsby. Right. But on oh, draft night, yes. this you're this is, you're breaking news to me. The, the, the great oh, Gatsby. Boy. Yeah. The, the Gatsby, the new one, uh, Leonardo new one DiCaprio, or the... The, yeah, not the Robert Redford, the Leonardo DiCaprio, Baz Luhrmann. Look, I like huh. Baz Luhrmann. I like Leo. That movie's fine. But they asked him what his favorite movie was. No hesitation. Gatsby. Brandon cannot get past this. It, he brings it up it. at least once a month on the podcast. This, this, this is a massive red flag for me. And for it to be your favorite movie, is it's an interesting choice. It's an I'm interesting. having to rethink some things yeah. right now. <laughs> I, this is a lot of information for me to process. <laughs> Those were the three concerns we had. And now three years going in, they're all coming to fruition. I don't know what his take is on Elvis, which is also a Baz Luhrmann film, but I'm curious to find out. Uh, Mike, uh, how are you approaching Kyler Murray in this draft? Because you have to pay for him. He's uh, he's in that fifth round zone. He's in that uh, territory where you have to you have to pay up to get a quarterback. He's going ahead of guys like Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. Uh, you know, so it's it, it's a lot to go after Kyler Murray. Where are you approaching him this year, Mike? So it's it's difficult, but you gotta you go back go back to the beginning of the year and up till that Green Bay game, which was an absolute catastrophe on a mm-hmm. on the uh, Thursday night for the entire world to see. The Cardinals were seven and zero. Kyler Murray was the leader in the NFL to be the MVP of the league. Mm-hmm. He was on track to be easily a top three fantasy football quarterback, and then Cliff Kingsbury got him hurt at the, and he got DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray hurt in the exact same game. They lose that game and everything spirals out of control. But the, the thing to remember is. Through those first seven games, Kyler Murray was 
dominating. Like he was he was not just good. He was fantastic. But now you have DeAndre Hopkins is gone for six games and as much like I like Hollywood. Look, dude, I got the AZ hat on. I'm a I'm a diehard Arizona Cardinals fan, so yep. I'm trying to be realistic about this. I like Hollywood Brown. I was I was very excited when they made the trade on draft night, at least especially considering that like all the wide receivers that I wanted in the first round, they were gone by the time Arizona was up. So I thought it was a it was a great move to bring in Hollywood Brown. I thought it was disgusting to pay Zach Ertz that amount of money because that dude is <laughs> worshed and he's, uh, he's going to be so good for fantasy football for six weeks and it's terrible and I hate it. I hate every ounce of that. <laughs> uh, but like Kyler, it might be a slow start. So draft draft wise, I'm not really into Kyler because specifically because of the DeAndre Hopkins uh, suspension. You know, it, like it's not an injury. Hopkins is gone six weeks. Book it. Like the, you, there's nothing that there's no amount of wishes that we can throw on the stars that hopes that DeAndre Hopkins is, he's gone. He's gone for six weeks. And even though you know Hopkins was getting used weird and like it was the lowest yardage of his basically of his career, he was still catching like one and a half touchdowns a game. It was absolutely outrageous. So without his true number one weapon, I think it's going to be a slow start. So Kyler Murray is one of those players to me that I'm going to let someone else draft him high. And then around week four, I'm going to check in on that team. And is how, how's your early round quarterback going? Did you, I mean, you're probably missing out on some wide receiver or running back depth because you took an early quarterback who is not returning on that, that draft day value and you're getting frustrated. So second half of the year, I'm in on Kyler, but draft day, I just the ADP, I can't get with it. I like that. I like that. A future trade target. I like that approach to Kyler. Uh, Jen, if you have anything on Kyler Murray, feel free. Um, I feel like Mike hit that one. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, James Conner. We talked about James Conner. We like James Conner. You know when he's healthy, good. he's super you productive. Should. Yeah, I, I I'm a big James Conner. I have a lot of James Conner. Um, I have some Arizona like Conner Hollywood. Uh, stacks going on with a lot of my best ball lineups over at Underdog. Uh, Jennifer, uh, do you like James Conner? I know, Jennifer, I went all four. I don't think you've ever called me. I don't think I've ever called you, Jennifer. I don't know where that went. No. It is my Jennifer, name. Jennifer Eakins, do you but, like yeah. James Conner? That's right. On Cortland Sutton Day, we go yes. formal. That's the way it goes. We I go formal. Uh, Conner, okay. is he is he too expensive? Because late second, early third is what it'll cost you for Conner, uh, which is means he's your top running back or your number two running back. Is that uh, the right price for him, Jen? I think he's a smidge pricey. I, I have seen him fall a little bit, and I will take him there. I don't seem to end up with Connor for some reason, just based on kind of where I'm drafting. If I kind of go with the the anchor RB slash hero RB, whatever you want to call, you know, if I end up taking a McCaffrey or a Taylor or Austin Eckler or whatever, then I, I usually just hammer wide receiver for a while and, and miss Connor there. Um, so I just don't really end up taking him. But in redraft, you know, it, which we're getting into that season, and that's a whole different animal. Um, I think he will probably fall a little bit there, and I and I think I would take him because you know, like we like we say, you know, the whole cliche: if healthy, he's phenomenal. So hopefully, uh, he stays that way. Yeah, Mike, are you concerned at all about um, pass catching work? Like any of the young guys that they've brought in? That there's Ingram is there, and they've still got you know Benjamin running around. They brought in Daryl Williams. Are you concerned about pass catching work at all with James Conner? Currently, no. 
Um, I've, I've been monitoring the camp battles a lot, and the 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 beat guys and gals they're 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 not exactly sure yet. It sounds it sounds like it could be Eno, like like we'll we'll prepare Eno, and which draft Twitter is certainly rejoicing because they have loved Eno Benjamin. They've been talking Benjamin. To him, yeah, they've loved him for multiple years, and the guy's <laughs> the guy has one run. Like, uh, granted, <laughs> that run was awesome. He ran through somebody. It was super cool. <laughs> he ran but, through somebody. But, but here's the thing. They lost Chase Edmonds, right? And James Conner has a huge history of injury, a huge history of, like, if he gets overworked, his body starts to break down. Eno Benjamin is there, and the Cliff and the Arizona Cardinals decide not to use Eno Benjamin at all. Like, he had there was this huge gap in opportunity that Eno Benjamin desperately needed to fill for this team while Chase was out, and he did not. He and did not. And on top of that, like James Conner as a runner last year was fineish. Like I think he was sub four a carry. What it's not the perfect metric. I get it, but he was under four, and that's we all know that four point is that's average. That's the baseline. I need my running back over that. Meanwhile, in the passing game. James Conner was fantastic. So why would the Cardinals give somebody else that opportunity when James Conner was so good at it? And and then on then what you put on top of that, James Conner had the second most carries inside the five in the NFL, like behind Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor had 29 carries inside the five that turned into to 12 touchdowns. James Conner had 19 carries that turned into 10 because... Cliff Kingsbury's favorite play that the if he could call one play for the rest of his life it is goal line run it up the middle it is the most <laughs> bizarre situation because like I've watched this for years now with the Cardinals and they, they forced it with Kenyon Drake and then it turned into James Conner like Conner is that guy Conner is the goal line guy and thank goodness Rodney Hudson the center has he's we didn't know if he was coming back, but he's coming back. And he's not the old Rodney Hudson, but he still can get it done. I mean, like I said, 19 carries turned into 10 touchdowns inside the five. Those carries are going to James Conner, and he's going to get receiving work. So I think that the risk is built into the ADP, and the fact that you can sometimes draft a player who f can, like, when things go right for him, easily finishes as a top 10 running back in my projections going in the third round is ludicrous value so yes i'm i'm in on james connor i'm not blind to the risk like i'm not it's not a perfect draft pick but dude like come on every running back is at risk like it's just that's that's just the way it is connor held up last year if he holds up this year your that third round pick is going to be like the greatest pick of your draft I, you know, I have some Jefferson, Javante Williams, James Conner builds, and I'm very excited about those. I, I don't hate that. You I don't hate that at all. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm with both of you. I'm glad that we're a James Conner friendly pod. It's Let's nice because it. there's, there's a lot of hate out there. So I, there I like that we're a Conner friendly pod. Uh, risks all over the wide receiver. We talked about Hollywood Brown. We talked about Hopkins a little bit. Uh, we know the six game suspension. Mike, I want to get your take as a Cardinals fan. Like, are you excited about Rondale Moore? Uh, both kind of as a player and as a fantasy option. Like he's a late 
dart throw. I'm just curious what you think about him. He had like two weeks of amazing, this is going to be the next thing, and then disappeared the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, going back to the draft selection in the second round, ecstatic. It was like, I can't believe that they actually got this right in Arizona because I'm not, not a big fan of Steve Kime and our management. I think he... I think he's bad at his job. Um, but Rondale Moore was like, the guy broke out as a fresh, like a true freshman and was putting up monster numbers. And then he just, he got bad luck with injuries. And you're like, this is sensational. His athletic profile is ridiculous. Let's see what he can do. And then you have Cliff Kingsbury come in and just ruins everything. Uh, with the uses, I mean, the, the targets per route run, which like I'm, I'm super happy that this is catching on. We're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you y'all talk targets per route run. I'm sure you do because it's it's it like more and more people are talking about it. It's great, man. It's like targets. We I think we all agree targets are a you got to earn your targets, and like it's a skill to get open, and the quarterback likes you. So when he was on the field, clearly Kyler Murray liked what was going on because he was targeting him. Now unfortunately, that didn't pan out. But you have a massive opportunity. We already talked about Hopkins has gone six games. A second round, ultra-athletic uh, wide receiver here in his second year, which that's like second year is the new third year. You know, it's, that's when the guys <laughs> break out. So, yes, I, I think it's extremely interesting to draft Rondale in the late rounds. And the nice thing about redraft uh, is two weeks go by, it doesn't pan out. No harm, no foul. You just move on. Grab grab someone off the waiver yep. wire. But there aren't much. There are not a ton of players in that range that could explode. And Rondale Moore is a player who could truly explode and be a top twenty-four wide receiver. Uh, also, you know, AJ Green uh, is at least. Oh no! No 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 no! I it I am contractually not allowed to talk about AJ Green because it makes me angry. <laughs> I'm just saying he's like I he's love like, AJ Green. Yeah. I mean it's total UGA bias. Like I oh, no. no. I'm just saying he's like I, 76 years old though. So like like it's not like So it's am a I, Brandon. Thing. So am I. <laughs> I I love AJ Green, but it totally it's a it's a college thing for me. I I've been yeah. watching okay, him that's, for like my entire life. I, I Did really you watch him last year? Because I've never seen a wide receiver so uninterested <laughs> yeah. in trying to catch no, a football. Know. <laughs> you know what speaking of last year, uh, my comments on the Randall Moore thing, I, I have I have like I, I definitely have PTSD recency by it. Like I can't I had yeah, him everywhere understand. last year. Um, we used to joke around the Christian Kirk All Stars was was kind of our, our last year with Arizona. It was just a disaster. A anyone you had did not pan out. Um, so yeah, I I, uh, I I have to say though, you kind of talked me a little bit maybe into Rondell Moore. I think I have zero zero shares at the moment out of like fifty something drafts. So just get a couple. To, yeah, just get, a, just get a few. I think I'm going to. I'm um, I'm glad you came on the pod. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna think I'm gonna sprinkle him in a little bit. All right, let's move on to the 49ers because we are uh, definitely oh, over, baby. going over time here. That'll um, happen right. when I guessed. Yeah, well, usually <laughs> our, our other co-host, Chris, usually takes care of that, but he's not here right now, so I guess you're sliding in very nicely for that. Um, all right, so 49ers, um, Trey Lance. I mean, he, I assume, is creeping up a little bit, right? Right now he's at QB7 um, on underdog, a uh, seventh rounder. Uh, he was, Wait, he's up to seven yeah, now? Yeah, he is QB7 yes. as of this morning. 
Good. Um, which is crazy because you could, yeah, you could get him. I mean, super, <laughs> super cheap a while ago. Uh, I don't know. Jimmy you know, Garoppolo's still on the team. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so here he is. You know, there um, he is the starter. He has been declared the starter. Jimmy G will probably not be there. I don't know. Who knows if he'll be there or not? It really doesn't matter because um, Trey Lance is the guy. We have a very small sample size of Trey Lance from last year. Um, it sounds like Mike. Are you in on him at QB seven? Were you happy that he's that high, or were you happy that others are drafting him that high so you don't have to? Uh, no, I'm. I'm just. I'm happy people are getting on board because I've just. I've. I've had to. I've had to spend the whole off season dealing with the the Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team people. I'm like, they drafted him third overall. I get it. Jimmy Garoppolo beat him out in camp as a rookie. That's fine. And then, and then, but remember, Trey Lance like he hurt his he hurt his fingy. And like that's a funny injury to have, but your quarterback, your finger's pretty important. Ask Russell Wilson about that. Uh, but the floor of the rushing is sensational. We know that quarterbacks that average basically over eight rushing attempts a year, those guys finish as top six quarterbacks. And like, and I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think it was like twenty four attempts in his two starts, and like. People will look at the fantasy finish of last year and not remember the true story of like what happened. Like Trey Lance was a great streamer when he came in. The game against Arizona, you had the uh, uh, the fourth down goal line call where he got, he just he happened to get he got stonewalled right on the goal line. Like if he gets in the end zone right there, his finish that week is sensational. Then you go to his next start, he had a rushing touchdown. It got called back on holding. Like, th and if that hold doesn't happen, he is like a, a top three in that in that particular week. It, so I just I'm I'm all in like on Trey Lance, and it's like is Trey Lance a good good NFL quarterback? I don't know. Like, if I I'm not a professional scout, I did not like Trey Lance coming into the draft process. I will readily admit that because he went to a small school essentially had one year of being a starter. But you know who thought he was good? Kyle Shanahan, who has taken the 49ers to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, and they were essentially one interception drop away from returning to the Super Bowl this past year. Like Shanahan knows what he's doing, so I'm going to trust Kyle Shanahan. And then you look at uh, Warren Sharp, like enlightened me to this. I think it was in his book of like, you go to you go to look at the uh, the next gen stat of expected completion percentage. So like, who's drawing up easy catches? Kyle Shanahan. His quarterbacks are basically always in the top ten when it comes to expected completion percentage. So it doesn't really matter if Trey Lance is good because Kyle Shanahan draws up just such good plays that gets the ball in the hand of his playmakers. Like Jimmy Garoppolo, also another quarterback that's it's really fun to make fun of of Jimmy Garoppolo. Because his A dot is pathetic, and yet, what was he like number two in in yards per attempt? Because the guys around him just elevated him up to the top. Like put those guys together with someone who's willing to bomb the the ball down the field. Trey Lance in his in his small sample into like an incredible average depth of target. Add in a rushing baseline, and I, Trey Lance to me is just. I think he's going to be fantastic. I don't. I'm not calling for like a Lamar Jackson MVP number one overall season, 
but I think that he easy, I think he's easily a top ten quarterback, and he's going to give you multiple weeks where he just he wins you the entire week by himself. Wow. All right. I can I can get behind that. Um, I, I wish he wasn't so pricey. I, I, I hate that he's now. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But again, home leagues. Think yeah, about no. your home leagues. There you go. Yes, for sure. And in, in, in the redraft home leagues, people will not. Uh, they'll probably be avoiding him. He probably will drop actually pretty far. Let's move to uh, backfield. You know, it's it's Kyle Shanahan, as you mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. He is tough to read. We've got Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Mostert is gone, so at least there's one one name that we can kind of cross off that list of every year. Like, oh crap, here we go again with freaking Mostert. <laughs> but we, but, but but listen, there's still a bunch of other names. We've got the rookie uh, Terry and Davis Price. We have uh, Jeff Wilson. We have who else is there that I'm forgetting? Trey Sermon. Yeah. They, oh well. Yeah. 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 That too. Last um, year's last year's third round pick. Yeah, that was uh, yes. Um, and you look, as we've all joked around, it'll probably be Trey Sermon this year to mm-hmm. be, uh, you know, the guy, <laughs> and no one will have drafted him. Uh, you know, Elijah Mitchell is is right now RB twenty two, and he's a six rounder right in that dead zone. You know, he's near Dobbins and, and Dylan and Jacobs. I mean, I I don't hate him there, depending on my build. Uh, it's a little scary, you know. You had the injury last year, and then you also have Kyle Shanahan. I'll go to you, Brandon, since we didn't talk about Trey Lance. Um, are you in on Elijah Mitchell? So I'll have a lot of Elijah Mitchell in DFS this year. Like when he's playing and active, I'm going to use him. I'm going to be very excited about him. I'm concerned about the injury history. I'm concerned about timeshares. I'm concerned about all that stuff and where he's going in drafts. I'm just I'm grabbing Josh Jacobs and grabbing AJ Dillon. I'm grabbing Miles Sanders. Like those are the guys that I'm probably more likely to bank on. I'm just worried about the injuries and worried about uh, Shanahan. I'm much more likely to take a late round dart at Tyrion Davis price and kind of hope that maybe he earns a role in that backfield. But yeah, I, I, I like him. I like the talent, like what he did when he was on the field. I'll use him a lot for one game, but for a full season, it's just a little bit too expensive for me right now. Mike, are you same boat, different boat? I'm I'm more aligned with you, Jen. That I, like I think he's very interesting. He yes, technically a dead zone running back, but when he was on the field last year, he was just he was so good. And this is it's ridiculous, but I'll 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 say it because I'll say ridiculous things. The thing that scares me the most about Elijah Mitchell is how in on him the San Francisco beat reporters are right now. Everything coming out of camp is Elijah Mitchell is the greatest because (laughs) those people over in San Francisco have led us astray so many times. You know who was the greatest player of camp last year? Brandon Ayuk, the guy who got freaking benched (laughs) for like half the season. And now he's experiencing a huge resurgence as of today. I think today was Ayuk Day on Twitter, and I'm just like, maybe that was... And so just like like we we talk about this on the footballers a lot, is like the San Francisco beat reporters are just so... And not just like wrong, like, like telling you to turn left at a at a junction and then laughing because the correct answer was you needed to turn right and they're like oh hilarious so like that like that it shouldn't matter it should not matter i'm 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 saying this out loud but it still freaks me out how much they are in on him having said that in in the 5th round like elijah mitchell even if he no running back plays the whole season 
if you get 14 games out of Elijah Mitchell in the fifth round, I think you're happy with the ADP. I think. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go to wide out or let's go to wide receivers, I guess, pass catchers, whatever. Um, we mentioned Ayuk briefly. He's, I don't know, experiencing some sort of surge in the last day. Maybe he's out of the, <laughs> maybe he's yeah. out of the doghouse. Maybe, I don't know. Late sixth, early seventh now, it'll cost you. Well, I mean, listen, Debo is expensive. We know mm-hmm. that. Um, I like Debo. I'm, I'm good with it. I, I don't, um, I don't, I don't hate him. So I've been buying him. I, you, I, I can honestly say, I don't think that I've drafted him very much uh, this season. And I don't know that I'm going to be on in on this new, uh, you know, this, this hype, um, especially Mike, you just talked me into definitely not listening to anything there. Um, so there was that. And then we have Kittle, of course. I mean, we've talked a lot on this show, Brandon and I, at least about Kittle and that, um, my thing with Kittle, I like him. He scares the crap out of me the way he plays on the field. He plays to get hurt every single play he's out there. And you think he's going to get hurt every play he's out there. And he does mm-hmm. get hurt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but he did, there is a dip. I mean, this season he is after Waller, I believe. I think he's tight end five. And so he's somewhat affordable if you want to pay up for tight end. Brandon, are you? how are you feeling about Kittle? I don't think we've talked about him this season. Or maybe we have. I don't know. So I'm worried about the injury history and just because he plays with his hair on fire, like he just, he's yeah. just bound to get nicked up. Just a lot of hair. He, yeah. Right. It's a lot of hair. Big fire. Also, also like top five fun guy in the NFL. Like, like if I could hang out with anybody in the NFL, George Kittle would be high on that list, especially if I was 15 years younger with no kids. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I like kid a little bit. Um, if I'm not building a San Francisco stack though, I'm probably just not targeting tight end where I need to get Kittle. Uh, but I've been having fun lately doing a Kittle and Lance back to back in rounds four and five. And sometimes I'll grab Ayuk in six as well. Uh, I've been having fun doing that occasionally just because I, I do think Lance is one of the last players in that tier of quarterbacks who has a QB one range of outcomes. I, obviously, I'm not predicting he gets there, but I think that his upside and ceiling is as high as anyone being drafted in that range. So I do like kind of sprinkling that in and having a little bit there. But in general, if I'm paying up for tight end, I'm going to really pay up for tight end and I'm going to already have one before Kittle uh, or I'm just going to wait. I, I It's not usually the part of the draft where I'm targeting that position. Yep, I'm, I'm in agreement here. You are. All right. Um, is there anything else for, for the San Francisco that we need to talk about? I think we kind of covered everybody. Um, I mean, just we... just to the beat reporters of like, come on, yeah, come on, <laughs> help us out, help us out, get it, get it together. I yeah. can't go to their practices. That's yeah. it's your job. No. You're paid to do that. Come on. <laughs> um, do we even want to talk about Seattle? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, is is there anything to even talk about there, Brandon? That's, well, yeah. I, mean, that's I do. I do want to say uh, the DK Metcalf, like I've never been confused with a DK Metcalf uh, believer. Like I, I, I was down on him going into the draft. He's been much better than I ever thought he would be uh, each year. I think he's a little bit overblown, uh, but now he's like a late fourth round pick. And like, you can sometimes still sometimes slide into the fifth round. He was pretty good with Geno Smith and Drew Locke was productive with Cortland Sutton. I don't necessarily think that we need, great quarterback play for DK Metcalf to produce at his uh, depressed ADP. Mike, I, uh, am I crazy for still believing in DK Metcalf despite Russell Wilson being gone? I mean, you're you're crazy if you think of Drew Locke as a starting quarterback that there's a hope for DK Metcalf. So, I mean, like, <laughs> all DK Metcalf truthers, you better be lighting your candles and 
doing your seances that it's going to be Geno Smith because you're right. Like when Geno was at the helm, DK Metcalf was was still okay. Uh, he, him and Lockett are. It's so unbelievably difficult to gauge those guys because they're proven. When it comes to wide receiver, you like to bet on talent. <laughs> but, but man, it's like yeah, it pat like a low pass volume. Not like your quarterback is going to be someone who should not be a starting quarterback because again, because <laughs> Pete Pete Carroll I thinks agree. that that he is like uh, omnipotent and that the Seahawks are going to be good without a great starting quarterback. So it's just it's so difficult. Because they're like DK Metcalf, both both of those guys, they're they're incredibly good wide receivers, but the quarterbacks are so bad, and you have a run heavy offense. So like when it comes down to it, honestly, like I haven't been able to. We I, I talk about on the footballers a lot of like part of fantasy football for me is a player that I'm just willing to be wrong and. DK Metcalf is one of those guys for me. If if he comes out and he's incredible, there will be no remorse, no like, oh, I, I totally knew it. It's, no, it's just like if he's fantastic, good. I'm I'm real happy for the guy. I'm happy for everyone who drafted him. It's just not going to be me. Yeah, I, I my my personal take, I know you didn't ask me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you anyway. I always um, want to know, Jim. I, know. I, I, knew, want to know. I knew you were. I knew you were coming here next, so I just decided to jump the gun. You know, we all overuse the term like he's better in best ball, but like both of those guys, for me mentally, like I could take them in best ball, but having to like sit down and and wrestle with do I start these guys every week, it would kill me. Like I cannot, I can't have mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett on a team and watch him watch me decide to start him and him do nothing, and then the next week be like, oh, fuck it, I'm not starting him. And then all of a sudden he's, you know, three touchdowns <laughs> in. I can't do it to myself because I've been there. I've done it. And I've had – I've actually – this is the first year. So, Scott Fishbowl, we're in what, year 12 or whatever. I have had Tyler Lockett – I think my first year was year six or something. I don't know. I've had Tyler Lockett every single season. Ooh, and humble this year, brag over there, Jen. Take it yeah, easy. Yeah, well, you know. You know. Um, <laughs> I, no, it's just I'm old and I've been around a lot in the industry. But, no, I, I've had Tyler Lockett every single year, and this year I purposely was like, I cannot do it anymore. I cannot fight through that weekly thing of, you know, do I start this guy and is he going to kill me this week? So that's my thing. In best ball, I'll pull, I'll pull the trigger a couple times just to have them there in case they randomly have that spike week and I don't have to pay attention to it or know if it's happening. I, I think that's fair, honestly. I, I will say Tyler Lockett is probably one of my top five favorite players in the league. I think once a year he makes a catch that I literally drop my drop my jaw. Like it, mm-hmm. it just cracks me up. Uh, it, he's phenomenal, but uh, it's definitely concerning. Definitely better in baseball. I really like. I, I like. I said I'm I'm looking at DK because last year I was like second round. No, I'm not interested. But now, like I don't know, I've gotten him in the fifth, that I'm kind of interested. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the only other. I guess we'll talk Noah Fant, and then I want to get to the running backs. But Noah oh, Fant. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. No Noah Fant. Uh, I'm just curious. Noah Fant, uh, you know, is he a late-round tight nope. end target? No, nope. not at all. Not, well, I mean, not for me. I know Andy over in the footballers, he's he's in. He thinks it's he thinks he's at least interesting for me. As I could, I, I can't give any farts for Noah Fant in redraft. Nope, just, zero farts. Zero. There are like a, th- th- nothing I could eat that will muster up any farts 
Can this no be offense. the new rating system for players? Can we do? Can we have like? Can we have like a a gas like meter, and it's gas in zero index. farts? Right? <laughs> gas <laughs> ranks a seven on the gas index, which is right around Chipotle. I, it just, I love it. I love this so much. <laughs> I'm freaked out for DK Metcalf and Lockett. Like I can't get. I'm not worried about that tight end. Goodness gracious! <laughs> I love it. I, love, I I don't know if we could build on that. I think that's a perfect Noah Fant take. Um, there you go, uh, Jen. I'm going to start with you with the running backs. Okay, we know. Um, I, I I'm not going to pretend like Rashad Penny isn't the RB one going in. He is, and I, I I'm not someone who hates Rashad Penny, but he's only played in 43% of his potential games since entering the league. The guy has a hard time staying on the field, and they just spent a second-round running back uh, pick on a very talented running back. Both those guys cost you middle-round picks toward the end of the running back dead zone. Which one, if any, are you targeting, Jen? Well, first of all, I'd like to have an in-memoriam of Chris Carson because you know how I feel about Chris oh, Carson. Oh, dude. This is a I Chris Carson awesome. friendly podcast. Yeah, we love yes. Chris Carson. I'm, I'm very, very upset. I actually drafted him like in March, you know, a couple times just to be like, yeah, maybe he'll come back. Um, I might yeah. still draft him just for fun. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. So, you know, listen, I've kind of been spreading it out. In redraft, I'm not sure. I think it maybe depends on the format, right? PPR, you go more towards the, the penny and, and then Walker, you go more towards the standard. I don't really play in Stanley, but happy PR, whatever. Um, I think, you know, it comes down to, it is a Pete Carroll offense, right? So I think either one is fine because they're going to run heavy, run often, run always. I think they're both going to be fine. I think if Penny gets hurt, Walker will be fine. If Penny doesn't get hurt, I think Walker will still get his share. Um, it's interesting that they're, that they're going around the same ADP. I think that's kind of an interesting thing, but um, I'm down with either one because I think in that offense, you really can't go wrong with anybody that runs a ball. Shoot. I mean, I'll take Travis Homer. I'll take DJ Dallas. I don't even know if he's still there, but you know, in that, and it's like in that offense, you never know. So uh, how about yeah. you, Mike? Are you, are you targeting either one of those uh, running backs and which one do you prefer? So uh, for the off season, it's been Rashad Penny of people getting overexcited about the, the second round draft pick. And like drafting him multiple rounds ahead of Rashad Penny, who was the starter. I mean, I I can't argue with the numbers of the guy, whatever Brandon you, you said of like the the amount of games he's actually played. But then you can give the stat of well, in the games that he's played and he's received meaningful touches, like in every single one of those games, he dominates. Like him and Sony Michelle. That dynasty team I mentioned to you, Rashad Penny and Sony Michelle, just the ghosts of Christmas past, just <laughs> saved my, our dynasty team and took me to a championship. It was fantastic. Like he's very, very good. He's he is the running back that they hoped they were getting with the first round pick. Now, having said that, if you want to dive into like the studies, like I did a, a uh, I went back and did a you know a deep dive because I was I was I had dude, my cape was. Seven stories long for Javante Williams last year of why he is just the pick over Melvin Gordon, but did like an actual you know dive of second round rookies versus the incumbent, and it was the second round rookie. They're the one at the end of the year that you have wanted in the over the majority of, over fifty percent of the time. So I, I can't remember the number. I apologize off the top of my head, but it was like sixty plus percent of the time the rookie was better. Interesting. I mean, injuries and stuff factor in so honestly because of that you probably want walker just sitting on the back of your bench getting ready 
But the team, knowing Peach Carroll, or Pete, Peach, <laughs> we call him Peach Cobbler on the show. Pe- so that, Pe- that one slipped out. Peach Carroll, yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, Pete Carroll, like he he's going to go with Penny at the beginning of the year. Can he stay healthy? I don't know. I'd bet against it. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm into both. I like I think both are very interesting for their ADPs and but if everything goes right, it's going to be Rashad Penny. In, in redraft, Mike, would you draft both? They both cost a lot of money. Would you draft both? No, don't do okay. not do that to yourself. Do not do that to yourself because Pain you are going week. to be sad. Yes. Pain. Yes. 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 <laughs> Pain every week. I like it. Okay. Well, we've run long, which uh, is okay, and it's been fun. I will mercifully let Mike get on to his evening. Uh, thank you, Mike and Jen. Always a pleasure. Mike, do you have any last thoughts or plugs you want to say before we go? Nah, man. Just follow me on the socials at FF Hitman, Twitter, Instagram. I've been trying to get cool with the young kids. I'm trying to get the TikTok flowing. So if, you, <laughs> if you're if you're of that age, follow me over there as well. Excellent. Or if you're old and you like TikTok too, definitely still follow Mike. No, God. don't. If you're old, just delete it. <laughs> if you're old, go away. Go away. Just, you, you don't. We don't belong over there. We don't. <laughs> Check out Mike. Game. Check out Mike everywhere you can find him. Uh, also at the Fantasy Footballers. Hear him on the Fantasy Footballers podcast. It's excellent. Uh, listeners, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, uh, as Mike said, at FF Hitman, at the Monday Mommy, and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks so much for checking us out. Have a good day. Have a good day.